Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody, and we are back at it. We are digital online, bringing you those same great stories, those servant leaders, those men and women that are actually making a difference, making an impact out there in the community. You know, and that could be a small business owner, your kid's little league coach, pastor of your church. Who's the person that's making an impact? Those are the stories that are we're highlighting. Those are the people that we want to give the platform. We want to have Rise Up be a venue for them to share their stories with our community and our network, furthering the good news and furthering missions. I have a great entrepreneur with me today, um, someone who's become a personal friend of mine and just an icon in the industry that they're in here in San Diego, but doing it in such a different way and really leading with their heart to make an impact and a difference with their passions and things that they're committed to and believe in. Um, Dan Fulkerson, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Am I the first digital guest? You are the second digital guest. The se- okay. Top three. Top three, baby. Yep. Top three. I love it. Yep. yep. No, it's good to see you back on here, man. I was wondering when we were going to get back going. So thank you for you, having me. You know, I, uh, I, I shared this, uh, Earlier, I, you know, I got to be authentic. I got to tell one on myself, like mentally, I like I did a little bit of stop start last year was like, are we going back in studio? Or are we not? Should I do Zoom? Should I not? Like I, I dealt with that and it was a real thing. And I finally said, you know what? Screw it. Like I can't wait for the rules and the politicians and all the stuff to get sorted out. Like I just got to move forward. So here we are. Here we are. Well, it's good to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, first let's just start like give people the lay of the land. Like, so you've got your law firm, got the dog rescue, give people kind of the lay of the land as far as what businesses you're involved in. And then we'll talk a little bit about your story and background. Yeah. So my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time. She's like, how many businesses do you own now? And it's just, (laughs) I have ADD and I get bored and I'm not a big TV watcher. And so, you know, that's kind of what I do for fun. And um, the law firm is, you know, what I do every day. This is my day job. This is where I spend 60 hours a week. It's my love. It's my passion, you know, getting to help people that are injured in, you know, bad situations, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, that will always be my main focus. But, you know, since we've been able to hire some amazing attorneys and amazing staff, and we have really dialed systems and processes, I've been able to have the freedom to start other businesses. So, you know, I have a a real estate investing business where we were picking up uh, licenses and actually in the cannabis space and not operating any of the licenses we pick up, but we pick up the licenses through the city and then we'd sell those licenses. So that was a, a side business that I had for a while. And then we just bought a coffee company. We bought seven cold brew from Heath Bell, who's a former Padre and kind of bought all his assets through during the pandemic. And we've, you know, rebranded. It's now Dropkick Coffee and Dropkick Cold Brew. So that's another business that I have. Uh, is a restaurant that we started last year and actually launched in the middle of uh, the first shutdown. And that's kind of branched uh, from not just being the Pokey Vita location, but also being a meal prep company called Preppies. So we have that going on and we're in the middle of, um, on the second floor of this building, we bought this building a year and a half ago. We're building out upstairs right now and we're going to be putting in a marketing media company upstairs. So we'll have in-house for us and for all the businesses, marketing media, but we'll also be outsourcing that to other, you know, businesses and entrepreneurs. We got a bunch of stuff going on. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm blessed that I'm able to, you know, play in these different arenas. I get a little bored when I'm doing just one thing. And I think that that's 
been why I have never burned out is because I get to do other things than just the law at all times. But, you know, it's, it's, and these guys got the dog rescue started. So yeah, so that's uh, pretty much an overview. You have a ton of free time. It sounds like. Oh, a lot. Yeah. I just, I hang out (laughs) all the time. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I can't tell you the last time I watched a full movie or a full TV show. Like I, it just, that doesn't happen. And so it's, I need a vacation, but luckily we can't go anywhere right now. So here we are and I'll keep working till I'm told that uh, we're allowed to travel again. And then maybe I'll take a week off and go sit on a beach for a little while. There you go. There you go. So sort of recap. So gosh, so cannabis license, like reselling business. Yeah. So like uh, we pick up, we'd go, I'd go through the process with uh, the San Diego city council, right? Because they would give out a, number of licenses and I know how to maneuver through that process. So I would go through the process, get the license, just the piece of paper that says you open a dispensary or whatever it is. And then I would sell that license to someone else that wanted to operate. Right. Because I don't don't get into the the gray area with, you know, federal and state illegality not coinciding. So I was very careful about how I did it in the safest way to do it was just to get the license. Cause then you're simply getting a piece of paper and a permit from a city entity and you're, you know, selling it in a real estate transaction. So that's how I pivoted. And we were able to pick up four licenses locally and, you know, just offloaded them last year. So that company's kind of uh, died down, but it was uh, a very lucrative uh, three and a half year run. Great. Well, congrats on that. Thank you. So then the, and then the other one is the coffee company, Dropkick Coffee. Yep. Dropkick Coffee. So it's a, it's a cold brew company and it's a, it's a couple different business, business paths with it. We're drop on drafts. So it is a job operator that is in your office. I actually, when you guys are back to work, I have one for you that I want to gift you just so you can try it out. So thank you. Wow. Thanks. Of course. No, my pleasure. So it's a, yeah, it's a job operator that you have cold brew on tap, like keg cold brew, but it's nitro cold brew. So it's a fantastic product. Um, Really, really moving well. A lot of businesses are picking it up. We have real estate agents that are gifting them to clients and, you know, mortgage guys gifting them real estate agents because it's something that you can brand the job operator with all your advertising. And so then you have your job operator sitting in someone's office and they're constantly thinking, yeah, it's, it's you've got the a, wheels turning. It's a really good play. So it's been a lot of fun. We're also going to be white labeling for um, a couple big places in San Diego, a couple big restaurant chains that will be doing and brewing all their cold brew in a couple different coffee shops. And eventually we'll be doing a boxed brew, which will be shipped to people's homes. So direct to consumer digital space. And that's really where that company's going, but it's growing rapidly. I'm very excited about it. I got a great partner team. Um, that's what allows me to do as many things as I do is I don't do them on my own. I have really, really solid people on the partner team that are surrounding me, helping push these projects forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm clear with all these projects you have going on. I mean, you've got to have great people surrounding you. The key. It's a, it's, it's what allows it to happen. Talk about, um, and then, you tried the, the the restaurant business. You you opened up Poke Vita. Yep. Time is obviously you know a little challenging. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. Like we we 
we had it planned in 2019, built out in 2019, and then pandemic hits, you know, literally right when we're supposed to have a grand opening of a restaurant and everything shut down. So it was a scary time. It was, uh, you know, we thought we, we might lose it all, but we pushed right through the middle of it. We opened up in March. So literally in the middle of the first shutdown, we opened up and, you know, pushed right through the middle and did really, really well until we got shut down. Um, the state got shut down again in November for all indoor and outdoor and sales just died. Uh, we're yeah. in village and so we thought about doing the takeout option and just realized that we're going to be fighting an uphill battle so we have a very good relationship with the landlord he allowed us to you know take a few months where we shut down the operation and as a pivot we started a meal prep company out of the kitchen so we didn't have to lay off employees and didn't have to release staff so they could you know maintain employment and the meal prep company which is preppies has just been fantastic so it's kind of one of those like you know, when life gives you lemons, you turn it into lemonade. Like you just make it work. And Isn't that the name it, of a podcast? It is the name of a podcast. I think people can go find it. It actually is my podcast. I didn't even mean to drop it, but it works. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's 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 nice because we'll open Pokey Vita back up in the next couple months and then we'll have the meal prep line to help supplement the business. So the business should be even stronger than it was in the first place, which is fantastic. So, you know, all things happen how they're supposed to. And that's what I've been trying to tell people throughout this whole process is keep a smile on your face, keep moving forward, because what else can you do? And look at pivot moves. Like there's going to be a lot of changes in our society over the next five to 10 years. And if you're not willing to change with it, like it's going to be a hard time for you. But if you're willing to keep your head on a swivel and, you know, hustle, I think there's a lot of opportunity that's out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you, if you are creative and you can adapt, there's always going to be an opportunity. What it is. And you can either be, you know, the person that's the victim or you can be the victor, you know, and that's, that's okay. your choice in everything in life. And I don't want to ever be a victim. So we move forward. There we go. There we go. And then, and then last, if I'm correct, well, no, not last second to last law firm. And then the marketing agency. Yeah. Law firm, you know, we're doing great. It's, you know, we moved into our new building on mission in mission Hills this last year. So we moved in, in Washington, it was a year long build out, but we're now in our a home that we'll be at permanently and absolutely love it. If you're ever in Mission Hills, stop by. You can't miss it. It's, you know, bulldogs on everything. There's a light up bulldog that looks like a bat symbol on top of this bad boy. So you see it as you're driving down the five, all lit up at night. Um, in the law firms, we've been doing great. It's uh, people don't realize courts are still shut down. We've been shut down since basically end of February last year, and we haven't had a civil jury trial in this city since then, and we're told we won't get one again this year, which is really hard because most of our larger cases, they have to go through the litigation process and they're all at a standstill. So it's tough on my clients that they just have to wait. And it's tough on the business because it, it certainly hurts the, you know, what we're able to bring in. And we had a, a definite down year, but we're lucky that we're a very well-built business and I've planned for this. I, you know, I have had it beaten to my head by business mentors that you always have six months to a year of your overhead in a bank account sitting there waiting for you for when you need it. And 
you know, people didn't think that they'd ever need it. And I'm lucky that I had smart people in my life that forced me to do that because when, you know, the first lockdown hit, I just kind of like, we'll be fine. I, I know we got the money stashed and sure enough, it's, it's been a, a godsend to have that. So we'll make it through just fine. We're excited to be able to get back into court, excited to be able to go do what we love and do what we do, but been helping people throughout the whole process. And so thank God law firm's good. Good, good. Well, I mean, you are very smart, successful, having those kind of reserves and having the war chest and being ready makes so much sense. Yeah. And I, I hope this was a wake up call for people. Like I hope everyone starts to realize like you need to have that in your personal life. You need to have that in your business life. Like life's curveballs, right? Like there's always going to be curveballs thrown and you don't know. I thought I was in a recession proof business. Like I thought that I was recession resistant where if the if the economy went bad which it you know has in like 2008 we would get busier and this was the first time where i'm like oh you lock everyone in their homes and you shut everything down like that is going to impact me tremendously and so it was a scary february and march and april i had a lot of anxiety and what's going to happen but you know you 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 get through that and you push forward yep Yep. And then and in the marketing company, how did that come about? So it's, I love marketing. That's my background. I, I did my MBA in marketing at the same time I was doing my, uh, well, one of my emphasis was in marketing at the same time I was doing my uh, law degree. So I, I, that's what made, I absolutely love being able to create brands, to be able to create marketing campaigns. Like that's just something that I have a lot of passion for. I do all of our, our all of our marketing for Bada Fulkerson. I run it and I do all of it, all wow. the posting, everything. And so it's always been something that I've had a lot of passion behind. And we had the opportunity through the pandemic to merge my in-house marketing with another marketing company and we're going to be placing them in part of the upstairs of the building. So we'll have everything internal in-house to be able to run marketing for all the businesses, but we'll also be doing marketing for other business owners, other entrepreneurs, um, whether it's just simple content that they need and editing needs, or if they need marketing branding campaigns and they need help with direction. I love doing it. And so it's always been something that I've wanted to start. And now we have the space and the opportunity. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing because it's, it allows me to build a continue to build my life around all the things that I love. And I don't like doing just one thing. I get burnt out if I just do one thing. So this allows me to go, okay, well, Monday through Friday, I'm a lawyer, but in the evenings I get to play with the marketing and in the weekends I get to do, you know, dog rescue and it keeps me going and it keeps me fulfilled. I mean, you are like a freak of an entrepreneur. It's I in, in, I a, in a great way, you know, and that I is a testament to who you are and your personality and like all the impact you want to make. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of uh, mentors in my life that I try to follow and try to follow the path. And I'm, you know, I'm, from Jeff Fensters to the Jason Cisneros to the, like, I have a lot of, a lot of amazing people that help push me. And I just, the way I look at it is I'm 36 years old. And I think I've said this to you before, like I live my dream every single day. So I'm just trying to maximize that, maximize potential, maximize, 
you know, what I'm giving back to the world and to the community. And I don't want to have regrets. Like I don't want to be 60 years old or 70 years old and looking back and going, well, what if I would have applied myself more? What if I would have gone harder? What if I would have, you know, taken on these, you know, risks that, you know, I was too scared to take on. And I just, to me, regret is, is the killer. Like that'll eat at you. And it's, it's not something that I'm going to deal with. Like I, I refuse yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that mindset. It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, a warrior's mindset. It's a mindset of perseverance. Let, let's back up a little bit. Cause I, I want the network and the audience to get to know Dan, you have this entrepreneurial spirit. You have all these things that you're passionate about, but let's back up. Like, where did you far, first start to get like the creativity the fortitude, like I know you grew up in Idaho and you came here for college, but like, what were some of the things that were, you know, some highs for you and some lows, some things that you had to break through? So I, I, I'm, I, from a small town in Idaho, it's, it's growing now. I mean, Idaho is just booming, but I'm from Eagle, Idaho. And when I was living in Eagle, there was like one red light. Like I lived on, you know, uh, a five acre parcel of land with horses, chickens, goats, cows, dogs, like that was how I grew up. And my mom was, you know, single mom for us three kids living on that property. And so it was a lot of work. And so I think that work ethic was instilled early on and, you know, having to wake up and move sprinkler pipes and deal with chickens before you go to school. And that was just part of life. But it was also one of those things where, I didn't like manual labor. Like I hated every second of it. I'd do it, but I didn't like it. And so when I, you know, graduated high school and I had the opportunity to leave was see you later. I'm not cleaning another horse stall for the rest of my life. I'm going to California and I didn't have any, like the means, like I didn't have, you know, money behind me. So I got to San Diego and it was a struggle. Like I went to Mesa college. Um, I went to Mesa because I couldn't afford to go to San Diego state and I needed to get in-state tuition because there was no way I'd ever be able to afford San Diego state without a state tuition. So went to Mesa for two years, got my in-state tuition, um, I remember being embarrassed that I was at community college. I remember people asking me what I was going to do with my life and me back then telling them I was going to be an attorney and them laughing at me like to my face and saying, you're at Mesa college. Like you should get other dreams. And you know that I kept that. Like I, I, I still still remember those conversations very vividly today and it lit a fuse where it was like, okay, thank you very much. I'll see you in 15 years. You know, put that chip in my shoulder. I'll circle back. And I appreciate it now, right? Like as much as I was irritated by it at the time, like it was the steam that powered the dream and it was, uh, it was necessary and needed. And so transferred to state and got an opportunity at San Diego State through a gentleman named Doc Stoddard to go study abroad at Oxford and got invited back for a second semester to tutor at Oxford. And that was probably one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life because it was so much bigger than me. And I was a kid. Mm-hmm farm town in Idaho, you know, learning from people that sat on presidential cabinets and just, I saw the world in such a different perspective. And I also realized when I got invited back to tutor that if I applied myself, that I could do some special things. And that if I applied myself, 
I'd, I'd find that I was different and I'm, I'm built different than others. And that grew and that confidence grew. And when I came back, that's when I, you know, went and took the LSAT and the GMAT and, you know, got accepted and was lucky enough to get a scholarship from my law school and started my MBA at the same time. And that was what kind of started me down that path. But it wasn't without a lot of grind. Like it wasn't without a lot of, uh, a lot of years living that ramen noodle diet. Like I was, I survived working as a valet at Stingery nightclub. And I was at Stingery for eight years, you know, starting Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and then going Friday and Saturday, but from, you know, seven 30 till three in the morning, three 30 in the morning, that's where you'd find me. So I didn't have a social life. I didn't get to go party. I didn't get to go hang out with my friends on the weekend. Like I sacrificed all of that because I didn't have much of another choice to be able to make it here. And that was a really defining time in my life because as a valet, you kind of get treated like dirt. Like you, you're, you're a tool. I was a valet in high school for a while. I know that pain. It's fun you know, driving the cars, but people are like, meh. Yeah. Like, you know how many times I was called Bud and Chief and Tiger and like, I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. I parked your car every Friday night for the last seven years. You don't know my name. Like, but you realize that, well, you realize a couple things. You realize that, one, you should treat everyone the same, no matter what they do, right? Like, and that's what, the, I think that's the biggest reason I live my life like that is because of what I experienced is I treat everyone, whether you're working in a restaurant, whether you're, you know, whatever, it, I don't care what it is, whether you're a janitor, whether you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, whether you're a pro athlete, like I'm gonna treat you exactly the same as I'm gonna treat anyone else because I just think that that should be the way that you live your life. Like it shouldn't matter what someone does or what someone can do for you. And I got so much of that as a valet, but I also had the people that would treat me with respect and would get to know me. And those are the people that I've carried along with as friends in my life who now I get to do business with. Right. And that's, that's pretty cool that there were people that knew me back then that now I get to grow my, you know, my entrepreneurial vision with them. And so that's been a lot of fun, but it was a, it wasn't an easy time. Like I had, I had ulcers all through law school. I had, you know, my health wasn't great. I was as close to burnout as I think you can be. I was doing my law during the day and I'd show up at law school at around eight 30. I'd get done there. And then I'd have to go up to San Diego state at night for my MBA night classes. And I did both of those programs in two and a half years. And, wow. you know, I think I'm probably, you know, it's, it's something I'm very proud of. I think I'm one of the only people that have done a JD MBA in less than three years. And it was a challenging time, but again, it fed my confidence and not my ego, but my confidence. It just showed me that if I'm willing to work hard and I'm willing to put in the time that I can do some pretty amazing things. And I think that that was a, a, a big fire that was lit under me. What were a couple of the challenges along the way? Like, you know, obviously people having different conversations and, you know, like from the valet to people saying, you know, you're never going to be an attorney. You know, what were a couple, like, if you can reflect back on like, what was like one or two key pieces where like, you know, like there was a transformation for Dan as a result of that? Um. I, so my first legal job, I worked for a personal injury attorney 
And because of my business background, I kind of came in and I got to run the farm. Like I was the one that was in charge of everything, rolling out the marketing, doing everything, all the hiring. Like that was from day one, even before I was, you know, wow. a licensed attorney, I was, I was in that position. And so I got a lot of experience very quickly, but I didn't, personal injury can be practiced a few different ways. A lot of people are more volume and the volume type of law just ate at my soul. Like I just, it, I couldn't do it anymore. I, it was going to give me a heart attack or give me cancer or it just, it didn't, it didn't jive with my nature because I, I just think when you're dealing with people's lives, like it, it shouldn't be a volume business. It should be a very concentrated, very quality over quantity practice. And I just didn't feel that. And so I walked for many reasons, but that being one of them from my first job that I was making, you know, very good money because I was in charge of everything running the front. I was making, you know, plus a million bucks a year. And I walked and walked to nothing. And literally everyone in my life told me that I was making a huge mistake and that I shouldn't do it. And that what are you doing? You're not going to be able to start your own law firm at 31 years old. You're going to fail. And it was hard to have some of the people that are closest in my life. Like I thought I'd proven myself by then. Right. And they didn't have confidence that I was going to be able to, to make it. And it sucked because I had all the confidence in the world. Like I knew I was going to be fine. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I could build, but all the people that were around me didn't. And it was, that was an 18, that was four and a half years ago. Um, my first day was, or my day I left was 419, 2016. My first day starting my own firm was 420, 2016. And it was literally no office, no staff, push my, you know, living room or my living room table up against the wall. And that's my desk. And me and my law partner, Paul Bada went to work and it was the most challenging 18 months of my life because we didn't have money coming in and every single dollar got reinvested into the business. And it got to the point where, you know, 15 months in, I have Paul coming to me going, Hey, I'm going to go drive for Lyft or for Uber because I can't survive. I can't pay my rent. And I'm like, no, like you're not going to be a, you know, a successful attorney running an office going and driving Lyft or Uber. Not that there's anything driving with Lyft, wrong with driving Lyft or Uber, but I'm like, just for appearance sakes, what we're building, I know what we're building. Like, just give me a couple more months and we'll be there. And he had enough faith in me and enough faith in what we were doing that he held on. And sure enough, at that 18 month mark, we hit the corner where we had the six months of reserves in the bank account. Cause that was my rule. We're not taking a dollar till it's there. And we were able to start, you know, bringing in money and we've been green every single month. Thank God since then. And you know, the rest is, has been a great ride, but it was a, uh, it wasn't, uh, oh, this is going to be an easy path. It was a tighten your belt and push through really, really rough spots, knowing that if you do that, it will be better at the end. And I'm really glad for all that sacrifice because that's how we've been able to grow, you know, to be one of the biggest personal injury firms in San Diego in five years. And people ask me all the time, like, how have you done it so quickly? And it was because 
of that. It was because of the sacrifice really early on. It was because we didn't go out and buy stupid stuff. We just invested every dollar into our, you know, attorneys and into our staff and into our office and into the systems and into the marketing and into the process. And we didn't take anything out. And that's how we're, you know, I'm sitting in this amazing office that we get to call our home that we now own, which is absolutely a dream come true. And still very surreal to me, but it was not without difficult times and it was not without um, doubt and it was not without help of a lot of people and um, being able to ask for help. And I remember when I started this firm, I had doctors that I've worked with, you know, that I'm like this 31 year old baby face guy and they'd reach out to me and go, Hey, you need a hundred thousand dollar loan interest free. Don't even worry about it. Like what? Like who offers that to someone? And another dog. Hey, I I have a, uh, a floor of my building that's available. You can take it for a year for rent free. Just start your office there. And I'm like, like who offers this to people? And what I started to realize is that the relationships and like that energy is more important than anything else. And it, that's just now how I build my life. Like everything is built around that it's built around that kind of energy and bringing in those type of people into my circle. And that's why I try to help as many people as I do, because I've had people that have been there to offer me help when I needed it. Wow. Brother, you, you are extraordinary. You know, you are a remarkable person. You know, and I am, um, I'm honored to call you a friend and, and have you be involved with the Rise Up Network. Um, and I know we're, we're going to have more interviews. So folks, if, you know, Dan's not going anywhere. Don't worry about nope. that. Nope, I'll be here. What are a couple of parting words you'd want to leave the network with for now? One, I'm glad we're back. Like, I'm excited for our- uh, Amen to that. We can get this going. Like, I love, yep. I love- I think there's so much negativity in the world more now than there was even when we originally talked, right? Like it's, oh gosh. it hasn't gotten, it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse over 2020. And I think the division in society is worse than it's ever been. And I think more people need positive and more people need stories that will uplift instead of bring down. And unfortunately our mainstream news is kind of pushing the opposite these days. And so I'm just excited we're back, but I guess what I'd leave people with is, know that there's a lot of people going through really hard times right now. And we have a food pantry that's in uh, now at South Hills church, big shout out to South Hills church for allowing us to use your campus for the food pantry every Thursday. But I watched the need grow unbelievably over the last years. And we have people lined up for food every single week. And I just don't think people understand how, bad this struggle is right now. I don't think people understand what people are going through. People have lost family members to COVID. People have, you know, people are dealing with their own internal battles. And I hear it in their their voice and I hear the the stress in their voice. And so I just tell everyone, be kind and try to treat everyone with kindness and try to pass that along because you don't know what kind of struggle people are going through or that they've been through that they're trying to process. And I've had three clients in the last year commit suicide and I haven't lost a client to suicide in my career. And that's a really eye-opening statistic to me that I've lost three in eight months because I know that that is an indicator of where people are at right now. And so I'm just hoping we can all, you know, 
stay together as a community, not be divided the way that, you know, people have been trying to divide us and we can all kind of live our lives with a little bit more love and a little bit more empathy, especially in the near future, because I think it's going to be really important. A little bit more love and a little bit more empathy. Those, those two things will get us, get us through anything. Dan, where yep. can people, where can people find you? How can people engage with you? You know, what's the best way to keep in touch? Um, Dan Fulkerson, Instagram, Dan Fulkerson, um, on Facebook, the last name, just so we don't have any, uh, inappropriate misspellings is F U L K E R S O N. Don't forget the L or yeah, it gets a little interesting quickly. Um, so you can find me there. You can stop by the, the office anytime. Bada Fulkerson is in mission Hills. Again, you can't miss us as you're driving up the five North look right. You'll see it right when you cross Washington street. It's right on the side of the hill, looking over the bay, looking over the airport. Stop by any time. We got a dog park that we built out up front for these guys. So it's been fun. I have people that just randomly stop by that I don't even know personally. They follow on social and they're like, I'm here to see the dogs. And I'm like, okay, come on in. And you that's, know, from, awesome. that's so great. Yeah, I had a lady that was going through a cancer treatment that I didn't know before. And she just showed up one day and she goes, I've been following you online for the last year. I've had a horrible week. Can I just hang out with your dogs? And I'm like, of course. So I just That's let her in. Awesome. And I, I left her in the office for about 10 minutes and I came back and she's laying on the ground <laughs> with old French bulldogs laying on her. And I'm just like, like, this is, this is what I wanted to build. Like, this yeah. is exactly what I wanted to build. So anyone's always welcome. You can reach me anytime. My cell phone is always on me, 858-252-2222. I always try to help anyone that reaches out in any way that I can, even if it's just direction, advice, whatever else. So I'm always here. Love it. Well, Dan, thanks for, uh, thanks for all that you do for the community. Thanks for being an example. You know, thanks for your partnership here with the rise up folks. You're watching this more to come. We're just getting started. We're taking this thing and we're going to continue to bring the stories of servant leaders, those men and women that are making a difference out there in the community, in the marketplace and keep sharing the good news. And as Dan Fulkerson said, lead with love and empathy. We'll see you at the next episode.